How's it going, Emily? Oh, man. It's going so good, honestly. Yeah? I had a nice... Nice day off. Oh, what'd you do today? I worked for a little bit, but I worked at the job that I don't consider to be a job because it I don't right. hate it. So I'm going to say your job today was um, a clam diver. Yep, that was it. That's what you don't hate. That's what I don't hate. <laughs> and you, you don't even want to know what the job I do hate is. <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. But luckily, Kyle... That's not what we're here to do. No, it's not. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. <laughs> I'm Kyle Imperator. I am Emily Moyers. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. How's how's everybody doing? You in the audience there? Can you? Oh, Kyle's doing crowd work. <laughs> yeah, I gotta do crowd work. <laughs> so oh have God. you ever had this airline food? Kyle's uh, doing crowd work with a crazy <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah, that was like somewhere between Jerry Seinfeld and... Uh, I don't know. Herfurtsner. Yeah, Herfurtsner. <laughs> so, Emily, we're here on Butter No Parsnips, not yeah. because, as many may assume, you're having a fight with your teenage daughter because they refuse to eat their vegetables. No. We are here for a word, though, I believe. We are here for a word. Kyle, do you want to hear this word that I've worked on? I want to hear it in both of my ears at different times, please. Oh, well, you're going to have to do something funny with your headphones to make that happen. <laughs> but the, the word, word? Yeah. is Poppinjay. <gasps> P-O-P-I-N-J-A-Y. Poppinjay. Poppinjay. I feel like I've definitely heard this word before but i have absolutely no clue what it means <laughs> i'll be honest there's not a lot to go off of to guess it <laughs> i mean it sounds dare i say mary poppinsy oh is it british it is not it's not like ang anglo-saxon no is it saxon is it german no it is not do you want me to tell you what what the language of origin is uh yes please it is arabic <gasps> Fun. Possibly borrowed from an African or South Asian language. Ooh, We're not sure. We haven't had one of those yet. Yeah. Um, okay, an Arabic word. Is it a noun? It is. Okay, so something is a is a popinjay. Yeah. Does it describe people? It does. It it can describe something else, but then it can metaphorically describe people. So metaphorically, a person who is a popinjay is like a somebody it's like orville redenbacher like he pops so much popcorn that they call him a popinjay <laughs> that they call him a popinjay yeah <laughs> uh that's not quite it no <laughs> i was i close no <laughs> would somebody with his hairstyle and glasses be called a popinjay possibly <gasps> okay so it comes from the middle ages <laughs> <laughs> Which is where his haircut and glasses come from. No, I would say if somebody if somebody in the modern day had that haircut and glasses, you might call them a popinjay. Oh, are they like someone who's like outdated, old fashioned? No. Then I have absolutely no clue, Emily. <laughs> reveal to me the meaning of popinjay. 
Okay, so figuratively, it means a vain or conceited person, especially one who dresses or behaves extravagantly. Interesting. But literally, it means a parrot. Oh, it's a type of bird. Well, it's it's literally a word for a parrot. That's interesting. It's not like a type of parrot. It's just a word for parrot. Does that come from the Arabic word for parrot? Yes. There's an Arabic word. I think it goes as far back as the 1300s. That is bibaga. B-A-B-A-G-H-A is one of the spellings. There's a few different spellings that I found. It means parrot in Arabic. And as I said, it was possibly borrowed from an African or South Asian language We don't know that there was a word that it was borrowed from, but given that parrots aren't native to any Arabic-speaking countries, (laughs) it seems likely that they borrowed it from somewhere else. Sure, 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 sure. It is also possibly onomatopoeic from the kind of squawking that a parrot does. Oh, that's fun. Like, bibaga! Bibaga! I think we need to just accept that there is a third option here, Emily. What's that? That parrots spoke and identified themselves as Pop and Jace. <laughs> yeah, like Pokemon. <laughs> no, I was gonna say that the Arabic language came up for a word with a word for something that didn't exist yet, but they knew would exist someday. Oh my god. And they then saw they the saw future. a parrot and were like, oh, babaga. <laughs> <laughs> Just really nonchalantly. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that is it. You're what you're what we've been looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Pop and Jay, it had a few different spellings in English as it like came over. I saw a lot that were like P A P E N G A Y, like Papengay, and a lot of like similar ones. There's some that were like G A I, but like Pop and Jay, the spelling that I gave at the top is like kind of the generally accepted modern spelling. Sure. I mean, the G makes sense coming from babaga it's come a long way like all those syllables but yeah that's fun and i think i did read somewhere it might have possibly been changed to pop and j to conform to other words ending with j that existed in english and i think other like bird names ending with j or call uh, sure. J. yeah um, i mean there's the blue jays there's the Red Jays, there's yep. the... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Blue J, Red J, 1J, 2J. 1J, 2J, yeah. All those Js. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the word Papa J was first used in English to mean a literal parrot, like the physical bird, but also more commonly images of parrots in heraldry and tapestries. I just have no reference point for there being parrots in tapestries and heraldry <laughs> for sure so, so crazy that they, they it happened enough that they had a name for it yeah so there are a bunch of like old coats of arms that feature parrots but for like families and houses that no one has ever heard of today yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah yeah there are i did find a couple of modern examples um the caribbean country dominica and the municipality of Rio Grande, Puerto Rico, both have parrots on their flags and on their coats of arms. I did try to look into like what a parrot symbolizes in heraldry, which was tricky because apparently it's not <laughs> super common at all. <laughs> so well, like all the a- other <laughs> lists of animals didn't include a parrot. <laughs> our family uses the parrot as our logo for our heraldry, but that's mostly because our uncle sounds a lot like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> 
Yeah. The only thing I could find that a parrot symbolizes is just distinguished service in a tropical country. Okay. Yeah. That I mean, <laughs> sure. Just, you did something good in the Caribbean, you get a parrot. <laughs> Here's a Poppin' Jay. Yeah. So I thought maybe, uh, I don't know, Kyle, what other meaning could we come up with? What does the parrot symbolize to you? Oh, good, 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 good. So parrot symbolizes for family, like like representing a family. Yeah, like for a nation or a house. For a nation or a house, I mean, just talks way too much. Like it's alerting <laughs> other people that this is a family to steer away, steer, you know, clear of. <laughs> <laughs> like oh yeah you're gonna love the it the parrot represents just honor it's really great and people see the parrot and they're like oh my god don't talk my <laughs> ear off i gotta get away from them at the mixer we gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah so it's funny that you should mention that kind of dichotomy of like a positive meaning or a negative meaning because now we dig into the figurative use of pop and jay applying sure, to yeah. people so the word Popinjay was used to refer to people as far back as the 1300s when the word like first came to English, but it didn't originally mean vain or conceited because at the time in England, a parrot was something very like exotic and colorful and amazing. So if you called somebody a Popinjay, you were saying they were really like beautiful and impressive. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So then like 200 years go by and parrots start to become like a more common, like a household pet in England. And instead of being known as something that's beautiful and exotic, it becomes known as this noisy bird with gaudy colors that's like constantly preening itself. So... When you get to around the 1500s, calling someone a Papa Jay started to mean they were like vain and gaudy and annoying. I'm just imagining like the 15th century England households, everybody having two or three parrots <laughs> and just like everybody getting sick of it. <laughs> wow. Like you walk into somebody's manor house and it's like jungle mist and parrots yeah. <laughs> flying overhead. Just every home is Jumanji. <laughs> We have really, really misunderstood how long these things lived. (laughs) (laughs) This has been in our family since the 1300s. That's really interesting, though. Yeah, it's super interesting seeing that, like, I think it's called semantic shift, to use the fancy English term for when... Emily's getting fancy tonight. I'm getting fancy tonight, and I'm getting so fancy... Kyle, I've got a Shakespeare quote for you. <gasps> I yeah. bow in deference to the... <laughs> <That's right. laughs> this is a quote that references the Popinjay. Mm-hmm. It is from Henry the Fourth, Part One. And just to give you like a little bit of context, this is spoken by the character Hotspur, who is holding a group of I prisoners. I think you mean from... Hoodspa, Emily. Hoodspa. <laughs> this is the character Hoodspa. <laughs> Hotspur is holding a group of prisoners from this battle that just happened Mm -hmm. and King Henry sent over an emissary to collect the prisoners and Hotspur refused to hand them over. So later in this scene, King Henry is confronting Hotspur about it. Okay. And Hotspur says, and I quote, my liege, I did deny no prisoners, but I remember when the fight was done, when I was dry with rage and extreme toil, breathless and faint, leaning upon my sword, came there a certain Lord, 
neat and trimly dressed, fresh as a bridegroom, and his chin new-reaped showed like a stubble land at harvest home. And as the soldiers bore dead bodies by, he called them untaught knaves, unmannerly, to bring a slovenly, unhandsome course betwixt the wind and his nobility. With many holiday and lady terms, he questioned me, amongst the rest demanded my prisoners in your majesty's behalf. I then, all smarting with my wounds, being cold, to be so pestered with a popinjay, out of my grief and my impatience, answered neglectedly, I know not what, he should or he should not, for he made me mad to see him shine so brisk and smell so sweet. I love Hotspur. I <laughs> Like, good for him for speaking his mind. Shakespearean sass is the best sass. It's really good. It's really good. Emily, what are lady terms? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle... I have to give you the talk right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I never got the talk. <laughs> Is that like once a month or? <laughs> yeah, 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 lady terms are something that I have to confront on a monthly basis. <laughs> I've, oh, she's I've a- got to renegotiate with my yeah. uterus. <laughs> she's, she's on lady terms right now. <laughs> <laughs> give her some space. <laughs> Love that quote. Really good. Yes, to be so pestered with a Popinjay. So Kyle, Popinjay has another meaning, which also came about around the 14 or 1500s. Okay. There is a type of archery that involves a wooden target shaped like a parrot, and sometimes even has parrot feathers stuck on it, that uh, you put up in a very high place and shoot at from the ground. And Popinjay can refer to both that wooden target and to the sport as a whole. But why? (laughs) Why were they shooting parrots specifically? Some of them are shaped like an eagle. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was specifically parrots. No, just birds in general. That's really fun. That the so it it's like a I want to say a sect of archery (laughs) of the religion of archers. I think it's like sort of a type of like game or tournament. Like clay pigeons shooting. Sure. Yeah. It's it's just just like on a pole. So there are different variants of it. So that like generally agreed to be the oldest or one of the oldest tournaments is from Scotland, where apparently the the Scottish word for pop and jay is pop and go, pap and go. Love it. Papingo. <laughs> Papingo, uh, I think, is a nickname my grandpa had. <laughs> it's, Papingo. It's Papingo. <laughs> and so there was like an archery tournament in a Scottish town called Killwinning. And there, I think the setup was they'd put it on top of a steeple and shoot down from there. But there are... So high. But I guess that's where they... Now that I think about it, I guess... When they were defending castles, that's where they shot arrows yes, from. Yes, it occurred to me as I was researching this, I think I read somewhere someone was saying like, oh, this is a really good custom because it encourages everybody to be good at shooting so they can protect their town. <laughs> yeah, I literally never thought of it that way. Yeah, but there are like, there are also like traditions and tournaments from this like all around Europe. There, It's, uh, mm-hmm. I think, popular in Belgium in France as well. There are variations as to whether it's like done with a longbow or a crossbow or a rifle. Sometimes it's on oh, a okay. pole or a mast or up in a tree or on top of a building. Or in Mrs. Periweather's birdcage. <laughs> <laughs> the version of this that I first stumbled across was a French tradition. The Oxford English Dictionary had a quote 
from this book called Revelations of the Most Famous Kingdoms and Commonwealths Throughout the World. Throughout. <laughs> it's spelled T-H-O-R-O-W-O-U-T. Throughout. Throughout. God, wow. I mean, it must have been pronounced throughout. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Written in 1616 by Giovanni Botero. Oh, Italiano. Yeah. Which, as far as I can tell, this is just a book of like him traveling across a bunch of European countries and just sort of observing life there and writing sure, down like, sure, sure, sure. this is what France is like. This is what Germany's like. So in the chapter on France, where he's talking about their like exercises and sports and things, mm-hmm. he says, quote, Concerning their shooting with the crossbow, it is used, but not very commonly. Once in a year, there is in each city a shooting with the piece at a popinjay of wood set upon some high steeple. He that hitteth it drown is called the king for that year and is free from all tax. They just get to be king if you hit it? <laughs> I was what? Like, I mean, that's cuckoo bananas. There's no way that's <laughs> that true. Is, that is goo goo gaga goo goo data nonsense. <laughs> oh no! It is gaga um, doo doo nonsense and goo goo data nonsense. Goo goo data nonsense. Wow! Oh my god! You just get to be that is well, crazy. Well, so it's not exact. So I was like, "There's no way that's true." So I wanted to find another source to like corroborate. So I found there's it- just historical records of like, "Oh yeah, you didn't know that's how Queen Elizabeth became queen." <laughs> So I found from the steeple. That's it, and then that's it. There she was. All those King Louis, they were they were (laughs) crack shots. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I found an entry in a 1600s dictionary uh, called the Dictionary of French and English Tongues by Mm. Randall Cotgrave, and Randall is spelled like candle with an R. It's not spelled like Randall. (laughs) Randall. I mean, when it's spelt that way, it makes me think, oh, it makes me think he's like, like, that's a word to describe him. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like not he's a, a Randall Cotgrave. He's, <laughs> yeah, his name is Cotgrave. Right, but he is a Randall. But he's a, the, he's the, yeah, he's a Randall Cotgrave. <laughs> <laughs> so in this, in this Randall Cotgrave's uh, dictionary, he has uh, an entry for Pop and Jay. And among the definitions for it, he lists, quote, a wooden parrot set up on the top of a steeple, high tree or pole, whereat there is in many parts of France a general shooting once every year and an exemption for all that year from la taille, which is taxes, obtained by him that strikes down the right wing thereof, in parentheses, who is thereof termed le chevalier, the knight, and by him that strikes down the left wing, who is termed Le Baron, the Baron, and by him that strikes down the whole Popinjay, who for that dexterity or good hap hath also the title of Roy du Popinjay, Popinjay King, all the year following. Roy du Popinjay. Roy du Popinjay. <laughs> so I don't think you're so like they, real king. You're just like everyone right, calls you king. But they don't have king. to pay taxes. Yes. They have to pay taxes. That's incredible. And I feel like we... I feel like Americans would be a lot happier if we had some sort of merit-based lottery for not sure. paying taxes, yeah. you know? And kind then of like um, a hunger game. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then I think further down in Cotgrave's definition, it says if one person, like, maintained the title of Pop and J King for three years in a row, he just never had to pay taxes again. Just ever again. Just that's it. I mean... 
Yes. Do you have, like, knowledge that someone did hit the parrot three years in a row? I don't. I mean, we're talking about the 1600s here, so records are rough. But (laughs) if there's anything that was definitely recorded in the 1600s... It's who became Papa J. King in France. (laughs) Yeah. It's a man not having to pay taxes. (laughs) We fought wars over that, Emily. That's fair. And you know what, Kyle? I think now that you've learned everything that I have for Poppinjay, you are the Poppinjay King for a year. Aww. Just for a year, though. I, does that, but I don't have to pay taxes for a year? Is this legally binding? You don't have to pay butter no parsnips taxes. Oh, wow. I forgot I was paying $125 every time we recorded an episode. (laughs) Yes. Really, really getting, but I'm glad I, I I get to waive that for at least a year. Yes, you will have to reapply. Yeah, unless I do an episode where we talk about Pop and Jay again in a year. But yeah. I guess then you would be Ro- pa- Roy Du Pop and Jay. Yes. And then I. Which also sounds like a man who is a Pop and Jay. <laughs> Roy Du Pop and Jay. <laughs> Roy Du Pop and Jay. Well, Kyle, how do you feel about a game? I'm so excited. Is this going to be a test of my uh, accuracy on the bow? It It is. Okay, I'm less excited all of a sudden. <laughs> I thought, in light of the fact that the word Poppinjay possibly came from the sound that the bird makes, I thought we could talk about some animals that definitely are named after the sound that they make. Oh, I love that. Pika Pika. So so with that in mind, this game is called Who's That Pokemon? Dan it down. Do I have to do the Pokemon rap? Electros, no. Gengar, nope. Marowak, nope. Cubone. Nope. Nope. <laughs> catch him, uh, catch him, gotta catch him all. So here's how this is going to work, Kyle. I'm going to give you mm-hmm. the name of an animal, and uh, you can tell me what type of animal you think it is. Yeah, let's do it. So, Kyle, your first animal is a grunt. Then I'm... Uh... The name of the animal is called a grunt. Yeah, it is called a grunt. So what kind of animal do you think a grunt is? I mean, it has to be a type of hog. It is not. Oh, okay. Second guess, a type of dog. Nope. It is a type of fish. <gasps> that makes a grunt noise? I'm going to put it, I'm going to send it to you right now just so you can hear it. Just, just oh, a good. second of it. Can I listen to it? Yeah. yeah. Grunt. Oh, God. It's, it's... I mean, good for that fish, you know? It's So basically what you're telling me is Ursula stole that fish's voice. <laughs> yeah, basically. It was on lady terms with Ursula. Was... <laughs> <laughs> she was. She was on lady terms yeah, with Ursula. Yeah. Go for her. <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, next, Kyle. It's This one is tricky because the type of animal is in the name, so I'm going to have to blank it out. Okay. It is called the gray go-away blank. The gray go-away bear. No. <laughs> okay. The gray be terrifying go away. if a bear said go away. <laughs> just in a real human voice, it's just like, hey, uh, go away. Oh my God, like, I'm so what? sorry. Did you hear that? <laughs> hey, uh, uh, go away. <laughs> um, is it, okay, is it a bird? It is a bird. It is a bird? That makes sense. Is it like a parody type of bird? It looks a little bit like maybe like a cockatiel, but like gray. (gasps) Right? 
Yes, it does sound like it's saying go away. It does. But in a little bit, in a little bit like a Laurel and in a Yanni and Yancey. Laurel. What was it? Yanni and Laurel. <laughs> it's it's like if you think about it too much, it sounds like a different word. Yes. But also like sometimes yeah. it cuts off short on like go away, but sometimes He's like, it sort of lingers. It's like, go away. It's like he's like realizing he should, like he was saying it to his boss. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. Go away. He pulls pulls the feathers near his neck like a collar. (laughs) Yeah. The Rodney Dangerfield of birds. (laughs) What's Uh, next? All right. Next, Kyle, is the Wow Wow or Wawa. Uh, these are chipmunks. Nope. Bigger. Bigger. These are porpoises. No. <laughs> that was two guesses. I went bigger. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what, what is it? It is a type of gibbon. A monkey. It's like a, a, a sort of a local uh, Indonesian name for uh, a gibbon. It's whooping. It's whooping and it's hollering. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Yeah. I love it so much. Oh, what was that last noise it made? Oh, God. Please, Seth, include that last noise, please. Oh, God. Just sounds oh, like it so ate scary. some gross food at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it does sound like stereotypical jungle noises. Now it I does. know where those noises come from. Yeah. It's, Probably it's one stock recording of the of that gibbon yes. from like 1912 <laughs> has just been is indelible as jungle noises. <laughs> All right, Kyle, I got another one for you. This next one is colloquially called a devil in the trees hate it what (laughs) so these are just devils these are just sounds it's not named it's named because it sounds like a devil in the trees yes not because it says devil in the trees right no 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 it sounds like a demon okay i'm gonna guess it's definitely a bird is it a bird no it is not okay i'm gonna guess it's definitely a walrus is it a walrus in the trees i'm gonna give you another guess (laughs) because there ain't no walruses in the trees (laughs) <laughs> um, if they're devil walry, they are. Oh, I don't like walry at all. <laughs> so it's a bur. No, it's a. Is it's it a plane. It's Superman. A, is it, yeah. Is it also a monkey? <laughs> it is not a monkey. It is a gecko. It's a gecko. Geckos make noises, and it's not just sign up for fifteen percent off. <laughs> Those are really, oh, really good Geico gecko. <laughs> I can't do Australian accents. So it's not an Australian accent. <laughs> yes, he is. It's not. Daniel Radcliffe said a whole thing about it. He hates that Americans think it's Australian because it's not. Well, Daniel Radcliffe hates me then. That's something we can take <laughs> away from this podcast. Yep, that's it. He's not welcome uh, here. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're starting our new Kyle Daniel Radcliffe feud. feud. <laughs> no, it's called the New Caledonian Giant gecko also called leech's giant gecko after the guy that studied it um also mm-hmm. called a leechy he was a leech he wasn't <laughs> named leech he was just a mooch no, he, yeah. <laughs> it makes this sound i'm gonna send you it at the right time when it starts making the sound mm-hmm. so when it's like quiet it sounds kind of like a geiger counter that like low-pitched oh. clicking but then Terrifying. as it starts to get louder it's like got this like raspy croak 
that I can't even imitate, but it sounds freaking terrifying. If you heard this, like, in the woods in the dark, you would think death is upon you. Oh, it does sound like a Geiger counter. Right? Oh, my God. Yeah. You got to where it starts in earnest, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's so scary. Oh, it's really terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I mean, rightly named Devil in the Trees. (laughs) Our final animal. Okay. A Pobble Bonk. (gasps) I love the name Pobble Bonk. Absolutely. That's what you should rename your D&D character. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, my God. Pobble Bonk. Pobble Bonk, though, sounds like when people misremember Benedict Cumberbatch's name. <laughs> Pobblebunk Cumberbatch. Yeah, what was his name? Jeremy Pobblebunk? I don't remember. <laughs> so Pobblebunk. Um, I mean, that's got to be some type of marsupial. It is not. It is also colloquially known as a banjo blank. Also kind of named after its, its sound. A banjo tuner. I don't know what a it's banjo a banjo tuner. <laughs> no, it's a banjo frog, also called a pobblebunk. Oh. Does it sound like a like a man with a a peg leg? <laughs> no, it sort of sounds like if you pobblebunk. <laughs> if you just lightly strummed like the lower strings on the banjo, it makes like a boom. But then, like like in a you know swampland or whatever where they live, like it kind of echoes out, so it gets sure. like. And I'm sure there's many of them. Yeah. It sounds like also creepy, but in a satisfying way. It really does sound like you're strumming. (laughs) It sounds like you're strumming. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. Well, I love Pobble Bunks. That that is my finale there, Pobble Bunk. (laughs) I mean, just truly lovely. And uh, a a great way to cap off uh, this pop and jay of an episode. It's so good. Yeah, really wonderful word. Well, thank Uh, thank you, you, Kyle. Emily. Uh, Yeah. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you. Uh, Let's just go back and forth like this for an hour. Yeah, that's what it was going to do it. (laughs) Um, No, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Butter No Parsnips. Yes. Uh, remember that you can find Butter No Parsnips on our social meds, Facebook, uh, Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. Uh, yeah. And if you liked listening to this episode, you should consider giving us a five star rating or a positive review wherever you're listening to it. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating just a little bit to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Butter No Parsnips. I have been Emily Moyers, the Pop and Jay Queen. I have been Kyle Imperator, the Baron of Pop and Jays. <laughs> you just shot down the left wing. <laughs> yeah, just the left wing. I was a bad shot. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. See y'all soon. Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.